Welcome back to another episode of The Break. Tonight we have Los Angeles Pelicans edition. I'm your host, Josh, the Vanilla Gorilla, here with J-Mac and Kyle Beats, my guys. What's up, guys? What up, man? What's going on, boys? Good to be back. It's short notice, but the final domino has fallen. Yeah, I mean, it's a well-warranted kind of emergency podcast here. Uh, you guys, I guess, caught this last night based on your, your live reactions. I was in bed like a child at 9.30 my glass of warm milk and uh, woke up to <laughs> see Kawhi on the Clippers. And I was like, okay, that's uh that's surprising. I had him going back to, uh, I thought he was going to resign. And then I see, you know, he's being accompanied by Paul George and my mind just fucking exploded. Yeah, that's pretty wild. So Josh was on it before I was. And like, this is one of those things. I sleep like four to five hours a night. I just don't sleep much. And so I, I literally went to bed at like 1230 last night and so, I mean, even if you would have stayed up, Kyle, it's not like, you know, that, I mean, Woj broke this thing open at one fifty four this morning is what I saw. One fifty four yeah. central. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, zero percent chance I see that. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, this thing happened right in the middle of the night anyway. So Josh caught it first. Did you catch it last night or first thing this morning, Josh? Last night I was actually on my way. I went and watched Spider-Man, which is fantastic, by the way. Okay. And uh, I was on my way back from it and it, my phone started blowing up and that was when it happened. I think. Um, I think Woj might have actually been the second person to p- report on it. I thought I saw it from somebody prior to that, but was it Shams? Um, it wouldn't have may- been. Sh- it wouldn't have been Shams, right? Shams, Shams doing a good job of reporting stuff. Um, I, th- I think it's impossible for someone to break something before Woj, though. I think the NBA. Yeah, has well, that. and a lot <laughs> of team, a lot of teams feed things to him specifically, though, for exactly. like on purpose. So, I mean, he's he's had a hell of a season as usual, but I mean, I feel yeah. like it's been best this year, man. Like he. I feel like ESPN let him do his thing this year, and it really helped. hundred yeah. percent. And it's nice to just kind of have that, for, for the most part, just kind of that one guy that connects us with news. And you know if Woj is reporting it, like, that shit's going to happen. Like, Jalen Rose said, oh, 99% chance Kawhi goes back to Toronto. And I was like, oh, I guess that's probably going to happen. But it's like, you got to – Woj didn't say shit, so the point is trust Woj, not Jalen Rose. Exactly. Yeah. Everything that I saw said Lakers or Toronto. No Clippers aren't even in it. So, and apparently from the articles that I was seeing, from what Royce, Royce Young was saying, was that um, Kawhi and Paul George have been in contact, and Kawhi had said, "I want to go here, and I want you to come with me." And he'd been pushing them really hard. And Paul George went to OKC's front office and said, "Hey, I want to trade the Clippers." So um, OKC did it. And I think that's fair for Paul George to want that because he, you know, he have did not go to LA like most people thought he was going to last off season. And he re-signed and he came back to the small market team and he gave it a go. And uh, we kind of saw what was going to happen. And I think he knows that while it might work with air quotes, it's not going to win a championship mm-hmm. and being with Kawhi gives him the best chance. And he's an LA guy too. Right. So he's going home and I like their roster a lot. I, I do not think Kawhi does this move if Paul George does not go. Uh, and I said that in my, my Facebook reaction post because as great as Kawhi is, I think he's probably the best player in the world right now. Definitely top three. He can't get it done in the West by himself. No one can. It's just too It's too deep. It's too stacked. And, I mean, regardless, I mean, we'll get into the Lakers and all that here in a second, but it's, it's interesting that Paul George – did you happen to see that Paul George was like, well uh, – or did you happen to hear what he said about Kawhi specifically, about recruiting him and everything? No, I didn't share, share that with he me. He said, uh, I saw uh, Woj was talking about this on the low post. He was saying that, uh, basically, he was saying, for such a quiet guy, Kawhi is a hell of a recruiter. So he like was in that. his ear for sure. That. And so I, I definitely think that, I agree with that. I think Paul George had the right to ask for that. Things didn't go, they they tried it. It went as best it could. It just didn't work. And sometimes that happens. And you got to blow it up and start over. And we'll get into the specifics of that for OKC and all that here in a second, but I think it was a good opportunity for them to really rebuild. I mean, Sam Presti once again surprises and impresses everybody. I mean, he's a top Dude. three GM in the league, Danny Ainge and probably Daryl Morey, other top three. Yeah. I don't, yeah. Well, uh, I don't know. Jerry West, you got Bob Myers. There's a lot of really good GMs in the league, actually. Those are probably the top five right there. You just named five guys. Yeah. It's a kind of a fall off after that. Spurs have a good GM, too. Uh, but I, I like the five first-round picks for the Thunder and the fact that you know Sam Presti has shown the ability to hit in the draft. I mean, you look back over the last 11, I guess, years. Yeah. They went KD, they went Russ, 
Harden. That's three MVPs they drafted in a five-year span. Uh, they drafted Ibaka. They drafted Steven Adams in the middle of the first. They drafted Reggie Jackson at the end of the first. I mean, they've they've hit on draft picks. So I think with five, just from a mathematical standpoint, you know, first-round picks aren't always going to work out. But I think they're going to get a few good players out of that. And if they can move Steven Adams um, or Russ, which that's a little bit of a harder contract to move, if you just say we're going to blow this up completely, I mean, you could be loaded with picks potentially. No doubt about that. Josh, where's your head at? Oh, and also Shea Gilgis-Alexander is an amazing addition to the player. Great play. Gallinari is a bad contract, but he expires. Yeah. Shea Gilgis-Alexander, to Josh's uh, point in his reaction, he's probably the uh, second best point guard out of last year's draft class and one of the five or ten best young point guards in the NBA. Yeah, um, I agree 100%. Ultimately, when a player comes to you and asks for a trade – it, you're in a horrible situation, especially like a superstar, because what are you going to do? Tell him no and then have him play for you angry. You're not going to win whenever your players are playing for you angry, right? right. You're just going to continue. And to be honest with you, you're not going to win with that team past the first round whenever your players are happy, you know? <laughs> so yeah, exactly. Um, it's, it's a really hard situation. They really turned it around. And um, Sam, Sam Presti is still trying to make up for the fact that he got rid of James Harden so that he could keep Kendrick Perkins, which doesn't make any sense to me, but um how do you feel about the five draft picks, though? I think that's a really, really fair. Well, I haven't have to get. I think that's uh, more than I was expecting. That's not, not um, just fair. That's fantastic, honestly. That's the, they got the biggest haul of any trade all time. They got a bigger haul than than Boston got from the Nets. Yep. Um, and those picks are also for not real quickly. Those picks are further down the road. So obviously the Clippers are going to be pretty good for the next three to four years. But these twenty twenty three twenty four picks could be really good. And we you have also two have, Miami picks too early. Correct. Right. Um, and so those swaps. two Miami picks are going to be bigger than the, than the Clippers picks and pick swaps. But right. I don't know if those are first or second yet. There's, um, those are first first round pick swaps. So really those are win-win because if you have the better pick, you get to retain your pick, which they will be most likely. If yes. they have the worst pick, uh, you get to swap picks with them, which is what happened with the Nets in Boston is that you can't back to back first years in the NBA with the new CBA. Right. Right. So Boston just said, we want all these pick swaps back to back and there's no rule against that. So they got a bunch of the Nets picks back to back to back. Um, Genius. Genius. Are you in the camp of blowing it up, Josh? Yeah, very much so. I was, I've kind of been in the camp of blowing it up ever since. Kevin Durant left. Yeah. Yeah, Ever since Kevin Durant left, because ultimately when Kevin Durant left, um, we didn't have this type of platform, but I told everybody he put OKC into the no championship for the next 20 years, 15, 20 years. Because whenever you w- let somebody walk out like that, you're not going to get that back. They weren't winning championships with him there. You know, like they had yeah. um, they had runs deep into the playoffs, but they still weren't winning championships with him there. They still had to add more pieces. OKC made a trade to Orlando in order to get Victor Oladipo trying to build for Kevin Durant. And then Kevin Durant left them, and that made us worse getting that Oladipo, those two ball-dominant guards between Russell Westbrook and Oladipo. So it was kind of like we got put into the not winning anything for 15 to 20 years because Kevin Durant left. Um, I was a fan of blowing it up ever since then. I was saying we should just trade Russ and just start over from that moment because you can't win with players that that you bring in. Right. Ultimately, and I was looking at this. I was looking yeah. at it this morning. Actually, there hasn't been a team for sure, 100% for sure, since the 80 or since before the 80s that has won without a homegrown superstar. Not a single one. I don't like, doubt even that. The players, even the players that like with like with LeBron going to Miami, well, yeah, they won with D Wade. He was a homegrown superstar. Yeah, with Spurs. Kevin Durant going to all, yeah, the Spurs dominated all those years. You have to still, even in today's NBA grow a homegrown superstar. Kyle Lowry was one last year. As a matter of fact, Toronto was the closest that we've ever gotten to not having a homegrown superstar championship. The Clippers could become that first team to do it this year. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they've well, especially yeah, with Shea, uh, Shea Gilgis-Alexander out of there, that's a good point. I mean, yeah, yeah I mean, they, it starts to run fierce, but I just, I do feel like this is the right move for them. I don't know what they could have done to keep Kevin Durant looking back on it, just given how... It all went down. I mean, if he wasn't going to stay, he wasn't going to stay. There's not much that an organization can do about it. I mean, it's exactly the Kawhi thing with Toronto is the exact same thing here. Like, you just think ultimately there's nothing that even Masai could have done, who's an incredible GM. You know, no. so, I mean, 
Yeah, I wasn't trying to blame that on it, Presty. No, no, I not at all. So, but I, I yeah. don't think that's a black mark for him necessarily. So I think like he's he has done. I feel like he's taken risks and tried to put something together. It hasn't worked, but he's also recovered from some of those bounce backs really well. The mellow mm-hmm. thing's a great excuse or example. You know, like all that stuff, like all that stuff that matters. He's kind of built around and move pieces and stretch pieces at good times. I just it's the all the marks of a good GM. They haven't had a lot of success from it, which sucks, but I, you got to wonder why. They had the finals appearance but they were just too young. Right. And they've met a better Miami team. But in terms of what we're looking at right now, Russ has like two more years on a Supermax at about 40 million a piece. At 38.1 and 40.6. Right. So right. that's a terrible contract oh actually it's not too bad that's it's bad but it's movable because it's two years it's movable but you might not get as much for it as you would for paul george because of the type of player russ is at his age versus the type of player paul george is at his age uh but i think even adams is more movable let me ask you this though like so and let's talk about russ here specifically for a second so who wants to do that deal i I, so i there an article just got dropped um by so Woj just and Woj just uh, tweeted out about so they're shopping Westbrook. Sam Presti is the three horses in the race right now. Oh, Justin will love this list. I like three and two. It's Toronto and San Antonio, which I don't know if he really fits what Toronto's trying to do. I mean, I don't hate that. Yeah. Doesn't make them worse. Um, San Antonio would be really interesting if he was in pop system and just with the goes, like, Murray coming Josh back. will go crazy because oh, Russ is gonna have like 15 assists in the Spurs system and like one turnover a game and be a selfless player and they're gonna get to like the Western Conference Finals <laughs> and Josh is gonna explode. Yeah. So the number one team on this list is the New York Knicks, Justin. Well, Wouldn't I don't feel right. You've got to think about it though. They're one of the only teams that can absorb the cap space. And they don't really have a point guard, right? In addition, they love getting selfish players. They sure yeah, as hell do. Yeah, Carmelo they love Carmelo. <laughs> but let's let's say, be honest. Russell's not Russell's not selfish. I shouldn't say that. I, I'll, I'll retract that. What <laughs> I meant is players that seem to be pa- past their prime superstars. Like that's a Knicks move because they just want to put people in the seats. Past their prime superstars that can't accept the fact that they're past their prime superstars. Because right. right. some guys can accept that, and I don't think Russ will be one of those guys. I hope he right. is. But, but like at the end of the day, if he goes to the Knicks, that still does make them a little bit better sure and it's fun. it's dude it's crazy they could make they could be a seven or eight seed they can make the playoffs in the east as weak as it is after about mm-hmm. five there especially with Kawhi leaving that changes yeah, things rj barrett if he can be who i think all of us think he's going to be we're all pretty high on him you got you brought julius randall in you know maybe they do trade a few first round picks for russ but I, you will never dude, move would, me past the fact that the expectation was Kevin Durant, Kyrie, <laughs> and Zion Williamson. You won't move me past it. There's nothing they can do. That there's will really nothing them you can that. do. There's but nothing. I think those are all decent suitors for Russ, and I would I would be happy. I think OKC and Josh probably has better insight on this. I think OKC owes this to Russ with his loyalty to if he wants to compete and get a championship to move him, and you know you're going to get pieces back for him. Just try to acquire assets. What if you're the Sixers? No way. You got Ben Simmons there. Can we not talk about Ben Simmons for one episode? <laughs> but, well, I no, mean, I, I, I'm kind of with Josh there. You can't have two guys that can't shoot that are both superior athletes trying to be yeah, the point guard. That's fair. Okay. If, I'm just trying to Russ think of outside the box like a, type of things, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think I just the Raptors is pretty outside the box because you're like, true. in my head, I was like, what competitors need a point guard? And I skipped over the Raptors because they have Kyle Lowry, but maybe you can. In, I mean, today's NBA, you can play Russ at the two. He's 6'4". That's kind of my thing, like, about Ben Simmons and all that. Like, you could really put him... I mean, Just you, run Russ at the two? Because you're but running a huge lineup need, as it is. Like Ben Simmons needs a two next to him, which Richardson from the Heat is, of a guy that can at least shoot 35 36% from three. And Yeah, that's fair. I don't know if Russ can do that. Yeah. Even though he did it, like, for a couple of years, and then it just fell off. Yeah. Sure. Charles Barkley was saying at the end of uh, at the end of this last season, it's time for Russell Westbrook to move to the two. And I was very much I thought that was one of the worst things I've ever heard him say. Um, I honestly really like Chuck a lot, but to to me, Russell Westbrook's best uh, best attributes right now is his driving driving kick, kick facilitation. Right. So you ta- if you move if you move him to the two, you lose that. You lose the. He doesn't have the ability to shoot the three at a high level. He becomes a slashing guard. You but get more bad mid-range pull-ups right and today's today's nba doesn't doesn't 
allow for as much slashing guards. Like right. he's not Dwayne Wade in his prime. Like he's and at the and at the end of the day, the last year I really thought we saw a lot of his athleticism leak off because he was taking really bad shots. He wasn't getting blow bys. He wasn't getting big dunks in the lane anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I do think that he still needs to play the point guard. And I think the time to move him to the two was five or six years ago if you were going to do it. For sure. So can I run a hypothetical think- by you guys real quick? Yeah. One more Go hypothetical. Ahead. So so let's put the money aside and let's well and this team could actually probably figure this out. Put the money aside and egos aside, I would say, which is would be hard in this situation no matter what happens. Wh- what would his fit be like on the Mavericks? Mm. Um, I don't want to take the ball out of Luca's hand. That's my concern here. But if you had two people facilitating to KP and running the offense through him like you did Dirk. I don't hate it. I would probably, honestly, out of the two players that OKC needs to shop, which is Russ and Steven Adams, because Steven Adams is like 30 million or 80 million over the next three years, like 27, yeah. 28. Yeah, yeah. Big... I'd rather have Steven Adams at the five for Dallas. I probably agree with that. And Luca's hand and KP at the stretch four. Yeah, because ultimately there isn't enough ball to go around because you still do have a true point guard you have to deal with as well who would need the ball in situations. So I mean, Dude, I mean, I mean it would be something. They're actively shopping Adams too, so I wouldn't. Don't be you know completely shocked if we see that move I, uh, from down. Oh, excuse me, I misspoke. Stephen Adams only has two years left on his deal at twenty five and twenty seven, so it's not awful. It's Dude, not great. But. I don't think I would want Dallas having any part of that though at this point. Like why? Probably that's not. a lot to take on for not much. I mean, they, not they're not there yet. The right, they're right, not there right. yet anyway. I'm with you there. I do kind of like another two other two names real quickly, and we'll go to the uh, Kawhi and Clippers situation with the Mavs that have been associated uh, besides Steven Adams is Iggy and Dragic, which I like both of those fits as well. Because Iggy is a historically better three-point shooter than people think when he's wide open, which Luka can't get him that, and he helps us with our lack of de- defensive wings. Yeah, that's the big thing. And that – um, Dragic yeah, I would, would, I would be, agree with that. Let's try to outscore everybody. Yeah, and Plus, play defense. yeah. Iggy's gonna cut. Iggy's probably worth a three for forty, uh, three for thirty-six. So that's pretty cheap. He has one year left at seventeen, but then I think he would take two or three more years at a minimum. He was almost he a basketball. He was almost a Maverick yeah. before. So yep. I mean, you know, and when he did his little book tour memoir uh, thing on all these different oh, media platforms, you could tell like he still he still has some dog in him. He still wants oh, to hoop for, sure. for three or four more years. So I think he'll do it in one more deal after this one. Yeah. All right, Josh, but final thoughts back- on OKC. What do you think? Yeah. Um, you've got to blow the whole thing up. The problem is that in today's NBA, you have to be a superstar. You have to shoot the three and you have to play defense. And Russell Westbrook doesn't either of those. Yeah. You may say, uh, he got he got he was second in the league in sco- steals last year. Yeah, he was second in the league in steals, and he still had a de- defensive rating that wasn't in the top 100 of all players. That means yeah. he's getting blown by a lot. He's getting he's, um, yeah. that stat is inflated by him taking risks and it working out one third of the time, and the two thirds right. of the time it doesn't. It affects his analytics. He he's, exactly. I so, say we say this all the time. He's 20 years too late. He would have been a perfect player on like the eight, late 80s, early 90s Pistons or yeah, in the that AI kind of era. type of guy. Yeah. And when he was young and played defense, he was a great player. He just he just doesn't play defense anymore. Um, and really, the th- the three point era is um, making him antiquated. Um, final thought for the for OKC is it's it's time. It's been time for a yeah. couple of years now, and it's finally happening. It, Paul George forced their hand on it. Um, this year I'm, was to be honest with you, as an OKC fan, I am a thousand times more excited to see the draft picks that we'll get yep. and see the new talent that we'll get and see us go from twenty wins back up to fifty wins than I am to lose in the first round with superstars every yeah. single year. Let me ask you this, Josh: Is Billy Donovan your guy to guide through this, or does it matter right now? No. Well, um, it may not matter. I can right understand. Now. I can. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I can understand them keeping him for a guide through this, but he tank. wasn't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> to tank or to or to like mentor these young guys because he yeah. had a great history of doing that in college, right? Sure, because he's a college he's coach. Yeah, yeah, because exactly. he works in college. But he's he's not the guy to um to win a championship, and you can do that like with like what the Sixers have done with Brett Brown was they held him around for the process and now it's starting to get I don't know if this guy's the guy to go or Dwayne Casey they held him around for forever brought in Nick Nurse won a championship he's I don't think Bradley yeah yeah. Carlisle you also brought in Kawhi so I mean I don't I mean 
not to discount Nick Nurse, but you also yeah. brought in Kawhi Leonard. So. <laughs> sure, sure. I, Nick Nurse also had some of the best coaching I've ever seen in a long time in the playoffs. Josh has a big man crush on Nick Nurse. I yeah. do, dude. He's fantastic. But um, I, I think that Billy Donovan could be better in the rebuilding role than he ever was in the in the superstar role. Yeah, that's fair. I, I, I really thought about that more. Uh, we've hated on him a lot on this show, and I yeah. I get why because – they were th- that team's just been at different places. It's been a roller coaster ride for that team, man. Like overall, yeah. it's just never gotten to the height that it should, and we we've already kind of laid out why. Well, this year getting bounced for in the first round, and they were probably the better team still talent wise, especially with Nurkic being out. I mean, yeah. that's just where you realize we got to blow it up. And Paul I think George was hurt. Paul though. George realized that he was Paul hurt. George was hurt. Yeah, to be fair, but it's always Gosh. something like that, right? That's true. I mean, it's yeah. true. Last year we got beat by a flipping rookie. Right, like, yeah, Donovan like, Mitchell. That's bad. Yeah, that was. A tough hey, Josh, one. what do you feel about Shea Gilgis Alexander? Though, do you like? I love him. Do you think, think he could be a multiple year All Star? Yeah, he could be, dude. Too. At his floor is Sean Livingston. Like, yeah. that's his floor. Big, big Rondo. Um, yeah, that's his floor. So, like, he could be, he could be Russell Westbrook. He could be a Russell Westbrook with a three, a new age but Russell he's Westbrook. Six six and a seven foot wingspan. Yeah, exactly. And like, he's not as, so there's temper, you got to temper like six, six and seven foot foot wingspan makes up for 10 inches of Russell's vertical. Right. So, or like, so he's he's not as athletic or as explosive as Westbrook was, but he might be, um, he's not pretty line strong, but he could like with his size, he can be that type of player. You learn how to shoot a three. He might be better than Westbrook. It's possible. Let's, Let's transition to this Clippers roster. Josh got us with the the most updated roster. Um, the Los Angeles Pelicans. <laughs> no, that's it's, over on the other side. No, that's <laughs> okay. That's, that's the other the, side. Of the the clip uh, Staples Center. Excuse me. Yeah, is oh, okay. it? This I, guess New Orleans Orleans tri- I guess it's not. Oh, I'm sorry. The Clippers not rivalry sorry. with the Clippers and Lakers. It's like a interest city. I guess I can't. Didn't really that's, that's been Magic Johnson's spin on it already. Is I'm excited for the rivalry between the historic <laughs> LA teams. Awesome, Magic. <laughs> awesome, I, yeah, I wouldn't necessarily call the Clippers historic. I think there's one historic team there. But to be fair, neither of them have been good at the, when the other team is good, right? But that's these are, true. I mean, these are Clippers powerhouse. Have been good recently. Yeah, uh, these are powerhouse teams against each other, though. This is, this is going to be a hell of a rivalry. You got four. Yeah. You have four superstars, three of the top seven, and four of the top 12 players in one city. You're wow. one LeBron. Because Paul George was an MVP candidate last year. We forget that. 55, he 60 third. In, he was killing it. He just got hurt. Yeah, he finished third. Since the, MVP voting. Since the most recent thing that Josh sent us is the, the Lakers, let's get into that real quick before we get into the Like, just what they missed out on. Because Or do you guys want to do the, the Lakers second? No, we... Let, let's, do, let's do the Clippers. Let's okay. do the Clippers. Do I got okay, that yeah. roster pulled up. All right, what you got? Um, Run us through it. Dude, I, I love this roster. I think it's much deeper than the Lakers, and we'll get to that. Uh, I think it's probably the deepest roster in the West. Uh, I think Utah's up there. I still like Houston as my number one until I see these guys play together. They absolutely could be the best team in the West, but I would have them two in my West power ranking right now um, with uh, Houston one, Clippers two, Utah three, and then the Lakers four. Uh, still trying to figure out what the starting lineup's going to look like. I think it'll be Beverly, Paul George, Kawhi, Montrez Harrell. You might have to run Harrell at the five and go Mo Harkless or Wilson Chandler. Either way, you're going to have a lot of long guys, a lot of great defenders. It's going to be hard to get buckets on this team. They're going to get Zubak back at the five as well, so that's going to help. And Okay, then- if they get Zubak, then you could run him at the five and then uh, – yeah, and, just bring bring Wilson Chandler and Harkless. And then at times, stretch Montrez Harrell to the five and, and work that Correct. way. Yeah, because that's going to be your small ball lineup, I would think. Yeah. And, they, dude, you know who we just – they have fucking Lou Williams still. Like, right. They just have Lou Williams. Oh, by the way, we so we got Kawhi, the best DN3 player in the league, maybe Paul, the best player. Paul George. Paul George, who's an MVP candidate and a top five DN3 guy. Patrick Beverly is arguably the best point guard defender in the league. I mean, this guy was DN up. KD and he's my freaking height. Yeah. Montrez Harrell is an elite athlete and a good defender. Harkless is a good defender, and Lou Williams gets twenty points off the bench. I mean, it's pretty good. The more I that, talk about it out loud, I might like it more than Houston. But it's one of those you just have to see it first because I've seen Houston. Of course, this is all. And on I paper. think they'll win fifty-five games again this year. This is all on paper at this point, so we know nothing other than 
just paper. I mean, that's all it is. I right. agree with that. I love that that lineup because it is versatile backwards and forwards, and you have Doc who knows how, like if there's anything that Doc Rivers is good at, I've given him a lot of shit over the years, and I as of anybody should be standing up for him, but I I never really do. But he knows how to make pieces work and how to get the hell out of the way when they work. He's the best at that. So like I love that situation as well, and I was on the record of saying that they should have fired him two years ago. But he did a really good job of what you just said of staying out of the way in Boston. I think he tried to do that with the 20, call it 11 through 14 or 15 Clippers. But I think the difference there is guys like KG and Ray Allen and guys like Kawhi are winners and champions when I don't think Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, and Chris Paul have that mindset. I don't think that was a Doc Rivers thing as much as a personnel thing. I know one specific of them is not a champion, and he will never be. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Chris and Paul. he's unfortunately on the team that I'm saying is the best team in the league right now still. <sighs> yeah, I, Houston's I Achilles know. heel was Golden State, and that's out of the way. Yeah, but I, you got Kawhi. Yeah, okay, go this ahead, is Josh. a new dynamic. Go ahead, Josh. Yeah, I was gonna say I, I don't I don't have Houston right now. Oh god. They might not be in my top four. Wow. Please, okay. Wow. Please don't tell me you have the Lakers above Houston, because that's insane. That's With what? the Boogie signing and the Danny Green signing, I do. So Look, I've got he can't jump off the ground. Clippers. Dude, people forget that he was a twenty five and twelve guy and average five that. assists. Um, also, he looked better whenever before he got injured again in the playoffs. Chris Paul was like he the was best point guard up. in the league at one point. But right. But more. This, the difference is that was four years ago. Now it's two years ago for Boogie, right? So Boogie's Boogie's coming off of an injury. He had an entire postseason rest. Um, his second injury wasn't near as bad as his first one. He looked like he was getting better coming into that second injury. So I have Clippers, Utah maybe, and Lakers, and then Houston. Plus, I know you like the Clippers with that roster. So you're not going to get the exact same roster next year. But Josh, you just brought in Boogie Cousins, Rondo, and LeBron into the same room. And I mean, that guarantees, first of all, that Frank Vogel's gone by Christmas. Like he's he's gone for sure. Like he's already he on the hot seat. to handle that. No, like Jason Kidd's in the wings, ready to go for whatever reason he is. So God. that guarantees that already, and that's why I feel like this is not. I'm not saying it's not going to work like everybody thinks it is, but I think that they're one bad injury away from being really up shit creek and not oh, having I agree with that not having yeah. much to do about it. And then Anthony Davis turning around and walking out the door on them. So they've got to get this just right. They really do. Yeah, and injuries play a, play a role in every single season, so it, they are an injury away from it being really, really bad. But I, ultimately, you have three of the best or two of the best five players on t- on that team. You can't say that James Harden's better than those two of the best five players on that team. Yeah, uh, probably not. No, and I get that. Like, and I get get where you're coming from, Kyle, and that we've seen Houston continually have success. I think that Maury's about to make some big moves. And that Houston it, will know, probably get the one seed. I'll say that. I think they'll win the most regular season games. Okay. I, get, I, I can see that. I'm st- and, like, they'll, and they'll be load managing the shit out of Kawhi and Paul George. Uh, so Dude, I agree with have that. to load manage those guys because they'll just move them back and forth. But sorry, go ahead, Justin. Well, I was just going to say, I, I think the Clippers come out of this pretty unscathed with the one seed. I, just, I really do believe in this team. I've been yelling about Kawhi joining the Clippers since... February. You, you've been yeah. on that. I've been on but, that for so a long time. You got the Clippers as the number one power in the West. I think so. Yeah. Back me up here, though. Houston's better than the Lakers, right? Absolutely. Okay. Back be, just because of the sheer age of the roster. I mean, Contavious Caldwell Pope, Alex Caruso, Tyson Chandler. I mean, Jared Dudley. It's uh, it's the four through nine or four the, through eight range on the Lakers that I just I can't who because who are the who are the f- Rondo, the best Lance players Stevenson. on the Lakers are LeBron, AD, and Kyle Kuzma, right? And or Danny Green, I guess. So then you go so Danny, upon how Demarcus Cousins comes back. Danny yeah. Green, Demarcus Cousins, Rajon Rondo, Caldwell Pope. I yeah. don't like that. No, it's a severe drop off. That's what I like that four years ago a lot for sure. If Kuzma shoots better than thirty-seven percent from the three-point line, this team will for sure be a top three seed. Holy yeah. moly. If they I, I think, yeah, if you're telling me Kuzma's going to turn into damn near a 40% shooter, that's going to add a – because Danny Green is he, a 44, 45% shooter. Jeez, that's high. Yeah, I don't Dude, know. I don't know the exact he shot 45 number. last year. And think he about shot 45 it. 45 last year. Jesus. From a bigger <laughs> picture standpoint, too, think about the fact that if they just were a 
competent organization and could like let Luke Walton grow talent like Lonzo and D'Angelo Russell and all those guys, you'd have those guys in this mix. This would be an unstoppable contender for five years easily. This Lakers team, but they yeah, pissed on. Do what? But you wouldn't have AD. Maybe not, but I mean, it, it just depends because if you have that promising of a core, you wait one more year and sign Anthony Davis in free agency anyway. True. So I mean, I think they, yeah, I think they would have done that had LeBron not been there. Yeah, but I mean, I guess that, that kind of put a wrench into that. That's yeah. what they were trying to do, but I don't think that they were doing it very success. Actually, I know they weren't doing it very successfully. Sure. Right. So I, I'm just saying they had a they've had a lot of opportunity to make this a lot better than it even is right now. And it's a shame that they're having to put in Lance Stevenson and JaVale McGee. You know, like that's... They brought JaVale back on the minimum? Yeah, they did. Or, okay. Did they bring Stevenson back? It looks like it as of now, yeah. God. I don't, yeah, I don't like that. But let me ask you this. So we're all in agreement that the Clippers are a better roster than the Lakers, correct? Yeah. Yeah. I still like the combo and complimentary... Uh, the how the players complement one another, I should say, of LeBron AD more than Kawhi Paul George. I just don't like the overall roster as much. Is that fair? I think you'll need to see it more that's, first. That's fair. I think there's still one three point shooter away. Like I, you get one more three point shooter, I think you're in a really good spot. Um, but Marcus, just, I'm talking Marcus just. Morris, what's up? Has Marcus Morris signed with anybody yet? Not yet. No. I'd be I'd be pursuing him heavily, and if yeah. not him, Kelly Oubre is out there. He's a restricted free agent with the Suns as well. Like those two guys could really change your season. And yeah, um, I would I would something together so, for Iggy. Yeah, I don't think so. If you're if you're the Lakers, Magic Johnson, if you're listening to me, you tell Rob Polinka, <laughs> uh, tell whoever the heck is in charge over there at this point. You're not done. You need to go out and sign a defensive guy, and you need to go out and sign a three point shooter. If Magic ever listened to the show, I assure you, after us just shitting on him and the Lakers, he does not anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe this will be his first time. You're not done, Magic. He just he needed to hear it though. Somebody had to keep it keep it real with him. Yeah, um, I, I just I like the pick and roll aspect for AD LeBron. I just think that that's a better combo than Kawhi Paul George but the roster is just not as good and Kawhi is ultimately probably the best player out of all those and, and it's a knock down a three two it's true it's true my biggest concern of the whole thing and and like by the time we get to the end of this season LeBron will be at over 60,000 minutes and it just it like load management or not like mm-hmm. at some point that's going to fall off and if it happens to be this season that's really bad that would I don't think great. it will be this season but I'm with I you hope, like I you hope can not. only feel you have a million dollar die and sleep in a hyperbolic chamber and have it preserve your body for so long before exactly. you're just to it putting 250 pounds through hell, you know, every think, night for, yeah, exactly. I mean, I think it's at some point he's gone to Nick Saban and asked him about drinking the blood of young children and how that has <laughs> kept him young. So like that will, that will end up keeping him younger for another two years. But yeah, I agree. Josh yeah. is not allowed to I talk mean, college football because it gets dark <laughs> really fast. fast. Yeah, <laughs> no, really fast. Actually, no one was even talking about football. The second it came up, it got dark. <laughs> Josh is not allowed to talk anymore. <laughs> oh, no, it's man. Good. Yeah, it's it. This is going to be fascinating to watch how this all comes together, though. And you do see guys like JaVale is a great example of someone who just does decide, you know what, let's jump on this train and c- try to contribute as much as we can. And mm-hmm. I mean, only the Lakers could really do that, uh, to be fair. So, I mean, that's a good it's thing gonna for them. It's going to be electric the first time they play at Staples. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. I mean, LA, LA media is just giddy right now. Man, I would lo- I I can't wait for the first time they face off against each other at Staples. That is going to be something. That's what I'm saying. Like, when oh, they play oh I thought you were just talking about night gonna, one. Sorry. Yeah. No, that's just going to be electric the first time those two teams play each other in Staples. But oh, man. it's funny because the Clippers will probably win, but the Lakers will still have like 10 times more fun because the Clippers are just going <laughs> to adopt the robot. And, and Paul George is kind of a uh, an introvert superstar for the most part, I'd say. Yeah, he's quiet. You yeah. know, so it's like, there, it, dude, it's going to be really interesting because – AD and LeBron are clearly like extrovert and like very involved in a lot of things at off court where Kawhi and Paul George just kind of put in work. So it'll be two, it'll be like a blue collar and a white collar type of team in the same town. Yeah. I don't, that's a good, that's actually a really good way to look at it. I'm excited for this. This is going to be badass. Dude. Yeah. At at the end of the day, the more I'm looking at this roster that Josh sent us, I might, you might be right, Justin. Clippers might be better in Houston. It's just a more fluid roster, is all it is. Like yeah. I think the you're relying on an older, yeah. you're relying on an older Chris Paul, one year older of Harden, 
and not saying that he's slowed slowing down anytime soon because he was you know co-mvp more or less this year like, Dude, the Lou Williams part's a big deal, though. Like know, He's just man. at the bottom of this roster. I'm like, oh, fuck, they got Lou Wills, though. And he was yeah. such a throw-in in that Tobias Harris trade, too. It's insane. He's been discounted his whole career. He has, and he has played through, like, he has played his way. Pat Bev is another one of these guys where they've just played their way through everything. I love that about him. I was, I was definitely surprised that I saw a bunch of jokes all over Twitter that was like Danny Green because he had been waiting around on Kawhi and he was like, oh, well, we're signing in L.A., right? And he's like, yeah. And then he signs with the Lakers and then Kawhi signs with the Clippers. He's like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, he announced that on his podcast that he was yeah. signing with the Lakers, too. It was pretty yeah, funny. It's pretty cool. But I'm Dude, excited. Zion's out for the rest of uh, summer, league. summer league. Did you see him murder that guy yesterday, though? Dude, he's... It's too heavy. He can't play. They're already shutting him down, Josh. 19. His knees are uh, giving out. I, I, he just jerked the ball was, right out of that guy's hands. It was unbelievable. Dude, that, that was, was the, a dance uh, move. The report that was a football move. The report was uh <laughs> the report was um Zahn injures his knee and like five seconds later, Kyle got so furious that an earthquake happened in Los Angeles <laughs> and shut down all all games. The the timing was very interesting. Yeah, between that and Kawhi dropping his news and an earthquake happening in between is pretty wild. Yeah, that was hilarious. I mean, I do think like injuries are going to be a part of Zion's career if he doesn't lose fifteen or twenty pounds. Yeah. So after, yeah, I I want to let me take a little bit of a side here. Um, me and Kyle were talking about it. We stayed on um, and just talked after our last show. And I've been super super critical of everybody gassing up Zion. I think the biggest reason was this. I want to make the record clear. I think Zion's going to be a good player. But we've put him on such a pedestal, and the media has put him on such a pedestal that he will never live up to the hype of what people have made of him. He's the best. He's the most hyped person that I think I've ever seen in my life coming out of college. He's up there with LeBron. He's never going to be as good as Kevin Durant. I'd be very surprised if he was as good as Anthony Davis. Like Those are two recruits that are much better than him. And you've made it to where this guy could literally go out and have a 10-7-7 season, and people will be enraged. And it's not fair to him. It's not fair to him to have these types of expectations on him. He's not the savior of that New Orleans Pelicans franchise yet. He's a rookie. Yeah. Um, so we need to temper our expectations a little bit in regards to him. Dude, this move, I'm just seeing this replay, though. That's a fucking man's move, though. He just <laughs> took that away from him like a child. Yeah, he did. No, so Josh, Thanks for going and flying in the face of my uh, my point, Kyle. <laughs> no, it's a, no, it's a, it's a dessert. It's a, well, so we talked about it. I think he's the – you thought he was the most hyped-up athlete or most hyped up NBA player coming into the league aside from LeBron, or you were saying almost equivalent to LeBron? Dude, I don't, well, it, it was a different era. I wanted yeah. to bring up that point. So I agree with you, Josh. I think everybody needs to temp, temper their expectations a little bit. And I think that David Griffin knows, like, we don't know this is the end all be all, but it's more hope than they've had in a long time. And I think you have to play that up some, right? Sure. So that's probably a big part of this. He also went in a draft that was incredibly weak, that nobody right. like that he right. was yeah, the point. one focal point. And the third part is we live more and more in real time by these guys. I mean, we saw every second of Zion on the court at Duke versus, you know, five, ten years ago, we had to try to stop down and make sure we caught a Duke game. And we maybe mm -hmm. caught to three of those a year, you know, if if that was yeah. someone this this hype. So I think like all that plays into into account. It does feel like it's really hype, though. I agree with you for sure, but I it's feel like a really lot of hype. stuff like that is, you know. Yeah, I, I feel like they are making it where like he's going to need to average like twenty two and ten for a ten year span for him to live up to his expectation. Right. But to your point, Justin, the hype is what it is because of the era we live in with instant information and how just technology dependent and how big social media is now. If you're talking about just like hype around like the hoops community, like LeBron's was obviously higher. I mean, he had junior basketball, junior basketball games from high school on TV. Right. I, I think from like a GM standpoint and like how excited people were for players coming to the league, he's the fourth most hyped player of the last call it 25 years. LeBron being one AD being two. So I think AD had a lot of hype around him in a deeper draft. And I think the expectation for AD was higher than 
Zion, quite frankly, as far as like his ceiling, I think AD's ceiling is higher. And I lo- y'all know how much I love Zion. AD's ceiling is way higher, yeah. Yeah, yeah and, and you know how much I love Zion, Josh. But I mean, I'm not, I, I admit that like AD's ceiling is higher. But I felt like that in 2011 when he came to the league versus how I feel in 2019. I felt in 2011 that AD. Like I, I was higher on him than level I the pl- level the playing. Yeah, I don't I don't think the vast media is, but who who are I think Kevin and Kevin Durant's third. I think the Kevin, even though he went second, I know he went second behind Greg Oden, but I think people that really know basketball, maybe it was maybe um, I'm misquoting that because I'm thinking in his first season, people realized how good Kevin Durant was going to be. You're talking yeah. coming into the draft. I think that Zion's probably third. Yeah, uh, I'll stick with my AD thoughts, but dude, Kevin Durant, like that first year, everyone's like, "Fuck, this dude's gonna be." Yeah, that was more of a first player. year thing for sure. I mean, he averaged twenty six or twenty seven a second year, like it was right. just so obvious. Greg Oden was supposed to be the next Shaq, right? So, but in his first season, that was obvious that he was not going to be right, right, just because of injuries for sure. And I like what um, I think you're right in that I I don't. I could see where you're coming from on all of those, but I don't think that I've ever seen anybody as hyped as this guy. No, okay. I, I get it. I don't. I and I would kind of agree I would take with DeAndre that. Ayton over him. Give me Zion and DeAndre Ayton right now. I'm taking Ayton. Mm, we talked about that. That's tough. That's actually Ooh. tough. I like Ayton a lot, but Ayton didn't have near as much hype as Zion did. And no, that is very true. It's because Zion's going to sell tickets. Yeah, I was not about to say. The, yeah, Ayton's not going to jump from outside of the outside of the lane in order to dunk. Right, that sells tickets, and so. I, I just I just want our listeners to be aware. This guy might, might might not pan out the way that you think that he's gonna pan out, right? Yeah. We if you want to sell tickets, you go Zion. If you want to win games, you actually go with somebody more like Luca. Yeah. But <laughs> I would I would I would DeAndre Ayton, maybe. I think that's a fair argument. I think De- I think Zion's gonna have a similar rookie year to DeAndre Ayton. I think he's gonna shoot a really high percentage, 16, 17, 9 or 10 boards. Like I think they'll be pretty similar. And I guess that it, uh, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, people will probably be disappointed with those numbers, but those are fantastic numbers. We talked about right. how great of a year DeAndre Ayton had. Right. So go back to my original statement, Josh. If he averages 22 and 10 and four and shoots a little over 50% for his career, never really develops a jump shot, but 22 and 10, I don't know about personal accolades, ma- makes all-star teams, all NBAs. Is that a bust? Is that living up to the hype? Or do you think as big as his hype is, 22 and 10, and let's say he only plays 10 years because, you know, he's a heavy guy. Like, is that enough for you, Josh? Or is that a letdown? That's enough for me. That's a Hall of Famer, right? That's a Hall of Famer. You know but, what to realistically uh, expect out of this guy, though. Like, that's the thing. Right. You know that, what so to like, expect. 22 and 10 for 10 years is Hall of Fame guy. I'm, I'm 100% okay with that. But if this guy isn't a top five player of all time, I think he's been overhyped. Wow. wow. Okay. See, okay. I don't think his hype is that much. I think it's... I, I'm, I think top 20 player all time is an expectation. I agree. I top five is the, the hype. I think yeah. the hype is just from the excitement of the athleticism. I don't think any GM, I don't think David Griffin thinks, hey, this guy's going to be Bill Russell, Wilt Chamberlain, Magic Johnson level of success. But I think it's realistic to say top 20. I think he's going to be a Dirk Nowitzki, Dwayne Wade level of success. I will oh, add yeah, of- one more just wrinkle to this sheet just for thought sake just remember in all things like this when it comes to the nba just follow the money and i mean we're trying to get the league bigger and we're trying to create stars and we're trying to create them younger and we're trying to get them relatable and we're all of that stuff and that stuff matters and zion's the perfect kind of player for that a nice dude a quiet kid good not gonna make mistakes yeah Good like, guy. And, and so, like, don't underestimate that either as far as just, like, a hype marketing standpoint. And the other thing is it's creating conversation now versus we didn't have to do that. Like, we didn't have shows like ours where we're creating conversations all the time about what's Zion going to be versus what's, you know, what we've seen in the past. And so you have a lot of that, too. So it, it does get weird and hollow. And so I think the hype of him is purposeful in a lot of ways, but it stinks because he may not live up to that. And that's what people don't see. That's True. that's how I look at it, really. Let me ask you guys this before we wrap up. As a Mavs fan, I told you last week I think they have a top five situation uh, in the NBA. And when I say situation, I mean what is what are your expectations and what's realistic over the next five years? Uh, and I th- I still feel that way. I think they have a top five situation. I five years? What, yeah. What like my expectation of this year through the next five years? I th- I think if you're not competing for a championship and maybe even winning a championship over the next five years, you've failed what fail. you have. Right, yeah. but I'm saying like if I if I look at all the teams in the NBA how they're currently constructed and what the next five years have in store, I think the Mavericks are a top five situation. Absolutely, yeah. That, that I wouldn't say that about five teams. 
Yeah. Right. So do you think that the Mavericks are in a better situation than the Pelicans? Yeah. They're yeah. just further along. They're farther along in the rebuild. That's a good point. Because, yeah, I mean, the Pelicans, they're loaded with draft picks. Yeah. And, I mean, really and truly, like, I, I we talked about this on the last show a little bit. The Mavericks signed KP to a long extension because they know what they have and they know about the medicals too. and all that. At a good, at a, you know, a max deal. But they also know all the what's behind him. They know that they have two bona fide stars. You have Zion, who's yeah. probably going to be a star. And then hopefully some of the guys around you turn in to be a star. But like they're just further along in the process, and there's nothing. I think you got a lot of really good role players. I think with Ingram, uh, Lonzo, Hart, the kid from Texas, you got a lot of good wing players. You're going to have to get another star in there, but you got Zion on a four and one team option, so a five year deal at like eight or nine million. That's a great bargain for you to use those draft picks to really put talent around them. Agreed. Agreed. You have Dallas has two 99 percent chance all stars on their team right now. Right. Possible like. 70% chance superstars on their team right now. So I think Luca could win an MVP within the next three seasons. Three? That's yeah, that's fast. I agree. Um, I agree, though. He's developed because he's already more developed than a typical rookie his first year in the league, and that's a big I just deal. don't know if he's going to have a sophomore slump because he is a point guard, even though they listen to small forward for all intents and purposes, and Josh illuminated well with the Ben Simmons conversation that you know these guys have drop-offs in their second year because – Dude, he went 21, 8, and 6 last year. I don't yeah. expect him to necessarily be better than that. I tell my boy this all the time, who's just a diehard Luca fan, even more so than me. What I want to see from Luca, dude, he could go 27 and 5 and have a slightly not not quite as great across the board. I want his field goal percentage to come up from 42 or 43 up to closer to 50. And I want his three point percentage to come up from 33 or 34 up to 38 or 39. Yeah. That'd be huge. The thing, and with um, KP out there, he's going to get better shots because he took hard shots last year. Right. And he took a lot of them, though, and he didn't necessarily need to be. And so, and remember, you've got Seth Curry as well. So I think what this comes down to is the expectation is going to be hard to gauge for Lucas simply because it's a whole new system of people trying to figure or it's the same system, but people trying to figure it out and what their roles are. That's going to take some time. It's going to make Luca look like he struggles at times because they're, 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 I mean, just like the Clippers aren't just going to click out of the gate. It's going to take some time to get things figured out. The Raptors did it all last year. And dude, what a fucking luxury for the Clippers. Yeah, to, dude. <laughs> if they're guard, if they have two elite guards or four uh, wing players on the other team, they can say, "All right, Paul George, you just take a little break this time, and you guard the second best player out yeah. there." It's like that is a Jesus. huge luxury when Paul George requires a little more, little more gas. That they have you know, the other body to throw out there. They have, yeah. they have the Harklesses, the Wilson Chandlers, the Pat Bevs. Yeah. yeah. Pat Beverly can guard one through three too. So it's like, exactly. yeah. So my whole point is though, it's, you're going to have to watch really closely at what Luca's really doing because it's going to be hard to judge by the numbers given the situation and how that's going to change. Now, once that starts clicking like it should, it's going to be electric, but it's, I wouldn't expect that in the first two months. And that's when people are really going to be watching this thing. What do you have them finishing this year? Uh, so my power rankings I sent you guys today were uh, Houston for the West, Houston one, Clippers two, Utah three, Lakers four. And then it gets really, really, really tight in there. I, I have Portland at five because I like the white side pickup and Nurkic should be healthy. Yeah, white side is huge. Denver at six, which is crazy because they were the number two seed last year. I'm just looking at pure talent. I think they're definitely a playoff team. They could have uh, quarterback, though. and that's I flip and forgot about Denver. Yeah, yeah you forget Denver. about Denver. They get Michael yeah. Porter. They got Paul Millsap back. They got Jamal Murray. He's going to get better. Jokic is going to get better. It, you know, it they feels like Denver is going to be banking on Michael Porter Jr. to be really good. That's what it feels they're gonna like. Need, they're going to need that. Yeah. But then I have State at seven uh, because of D'Angelo, or else I would have had them out of the playoffs, um, yeah. assuming Clay does not play at all next year. And then I, I have Dallas eight. So I think Dallas will be, like I said, six through ten, I think, is what I said on the last episode. I think they're going to fight for a playoff spot this year. They're going to be a fringe playoff team. And mm -hmm. then what they need to do is at the deadline look to take on anything that they can that's going to come off the books, collect an asset, make sure that they have things sewn up to be able to land a big name free agent the following summer because that's what they're going to need to do. And so, I mean, ultimately for me, being a fringe playoff team is some success. You get a little taste of what it's like to play in the postseason, probably get your ass walloped. And I mean, those are going to be electric playoff games. But Dude, I would love for them to be the eight seed this year and have yeah, to play the Clippers. The Clippers and get a little bit of experience. And then you go and you can talk to your whoever is out there that I 
I can't even think of who's going to be available next summer. We'll have to look later on. But next summer's weak, but twenty twenty one is huge. It is, but I mean, they're but they're going to be a top five situation, like you talked right, about. Right, so, where they could go get somebody. I mean, there's going to be somebody that's a decent free agent next exactly. year. Exactly, and that's my point. So, I mean, I think being a fringe playoff team is a good thing in that sense. It's never a great thing to be the eight seed, but in this case, it, it kind of is. If Luca's twenty or twenty one and he's getting guarded by Kawhi Leonard and Paul George for forty minutes a game in a playoff series at that age, that's a huge learning experience. I love that. <laughs> Agreed. Because that's what gonna be fucking hell? miserable. This is never like this in Europe. Where's my <laughs> little white guy that I can drag on? <laughs> um dude, the, something to be aware of too is ACL tears in the NBA for some reason, they generally come back nine to twelve months after an ACL tear. Clay could come back. March, April. I if I was the Warriors, I would say you're not coming back. You're not playing an entire one game this entire year. Agreed. Um, but he could come back March, April, and tears ACL again. But he could, <laughs> and that if if he for some reason comes back that early and is healthy, they could be in the running for possibly going deep into the playoffs too. So, dude, this t- I'm excited for this year. It's yep. gonna be wild, man. And that's, I mean, you'd feel like the Golden State doctors would need to, you know, maybe bank a, a good one here and maybe just say, hey, you should be shut down and not play for a full season. I don't think yeah. they'll do that based on what I've heard about the whole Kevin Durant situation. Right. That doesn't sound great. <laughs> what they need to do is they need to increase their malpractice insurance is what they need to do. Exactly. <laughs> well, I think Clay's going to have an ego, and if he feels right, he's going to push to start trying to play a game 60, game 65, and just get some kind of rhythm going into the playoffs if they're in a competitive spot. Try to start yeah, cooking. I can see that for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we're going to go ahead and wrap things up. That's been a wild, wild couple of days. I mean, we recorded two days ago. Here we are with one last big domino to fall. Well, I guess it's been a lot of things. Um, last quick takes. Uh, Kyle, do you feel like who? So do you feel like the Lakers finish with over 50 wins next year? Is that the expectation? I'll go a little under 50 in that 46 to 49 range. Okay. I, I think the expectation. I like the Clippers a little over fifty. I think they're a five game better team, give or take. I, I think the the expectation is fifty games for the Lakers, almost no matter what happens here. I'm under that. Uh, I, I'd take the other two. Yeah. What, Josh? Fifty two. Fifty two. Okay. My call. Okay. All right. Well, we're gonna go ahead and wrap things up, and we'll see you guys here. Uh, we'll probably take a, a little bit of time off, let everything kind of settle, because I want to see how the rest of rosters play out. There's not much left on on. Uh, on um as far as like on the board at this point like the lakers have picked a lot of people up there's not a whole lot going on there's gonna be some trades though so we'll be doing some live videos and stuff and that'll give me plenty of time to change my mind on my power rankings (laughs) (laughs) so we said we were going to go for 20 minutes today how long do we actually go for 52 52 we put in a pool hour i'm a big fan that's what we do (laughs) that's what we do uh all right well we'll see you guys next week later boys